The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Game On! Business Talk Radio with your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Our program is not afraid to discuss the more controversial business ideas and topics. Get ready for an unfiltered discussion of problems and solutions that today's businesses, large or small, face daily. Now, here is Dr. D. Anthony Miles. Hi, good morning. This is Game On! Business Talk with D. Anthony Miles. We have an awesome show for you today. Get some coffee and have a seat. You're going, you're going to need a bobble and a seatbelt for today's show. Our topic for today is social media and employers. Should employers be able to access your Facebook page for hiring decisions? Let me give you some background on this uh, topic today. Have you ever Googled your own name? Well, current and potential employers are doing it. With the emergence of social media influences such as Facebook.com, Employers are using social media as a part of their due diligence for investigating new and current employees. Actually, numerous colleges and universities have warned graduating seniors to be careful about the dangers of social media, such as Facebook and others. Some heed this warning, however, many do not. Privacy is a thing of a bygone era. The Internet and social media have forever changed that paradigm. Reputation management is a big issue now with social media. Now individuals must manage their content on social media about themselves and manage the content by others as well. Let me give you some brief interesting facts before we get into our show. An article by Eric Sherman, according to a new study from a market analyst firm on device research, one in 10 young job seekers have lost a job opportunity because of social media profiles. In the U.S. alone, the total was 8% among those 16 uh, among those 16 to 24 years old, and 5% for those 25 to 34 years old. A career builder survey found that 43% of hiring managers who research applicants on social media sites say they have found something that cost a candidate a job. One last tip. One uh, survey from the uh, social media monitoring services, Repler of uh, 300 people, excuse me, Repler, 300 people involved in hiring at their company said that 91% of hiring managers surveyed use social networking sites to screen prospective employees. About 69% had rejected candidates for what they found on social media. So let me introduce our guest today. Our first guest is uh, Professor Laurie Andrews. She's a distinguished professor uh, of law at Chicago Kent College of Law, and she's a director of Institute of Science law and technology. She has authored 11 nonfiction books and 150 articles on biotechnology, genetics, and social networks. Her latest book is I Know Who You Are, I Saw What You Did, Social Media and the Death of Privacy. Professor Andrew frequently appears on television, including Oprah, 60 Minutes, and Good Morning America, and Nightline. Our next guest is Charles Lamberton, He's president of Lamberton Law Firm, LLC, a work rights and employment discrimination law firm based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. 
He's a leading Pittsburgh employment discrimination lawyer and wrongful termination attorney. He's a, some of his cases have been covered in several major news outlets such as the San Francisco Chronicle, the Los Angeles Times, the Washington Post, and Forbes, and the Miami Herald. Our last guest is Courtney Hefferman Mimo. She's a social media director for O'Connell and Goldberg uh, Public Relations. She has previously served as a digital client manager for Zimmerman Advertising in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where she successfully led a uh, strategy in social media platform performance, blog content, and web media uh, unit analytics and initiatives for such clients as Atlantis, Paradise Island, Friendlies, QVC, and White Castle. I want to thank our guests for being on our show today. How's everybody this morning? Fantastic. Just great. Awesome, great. awesome. I'm a, I've been waiting for this topic for a while, and me and Charles had talked earlier, and I, mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys heard the previous show where we did on Rate My Professors. I don't know if you accessed that, and uh, it was really, really uh, mind-boggling some of the things that can be done with social media. So let me start off with my first question. What are some of the problems that you've seen in your experience with social media in terms of employment? Uh, uh, Dr. Andrews, you can go first. Well, more and more employers are taking people's digital self to be more important than their actual self. And you might have followed the case in Atlanta about Ashley Payne. She was a 24-year-old school teacher in high school. She hadn't friended any of her students or their parents. She went on vacation. She posted, you know, 500 pictures of herself in Ireland and Italy, and she lost her job because of a photo of herself with a beer in her hand. So, oh, you know, you have those um, those sort of things. And you mentioned college students now being advised about their social network profile, but that's too late because there are companies mm -hmm. like Social Intelligence, Inc. that mm -hmm. save the last seven years' worth of public mm -hmm. Facebook profiles and, uh, and Craigslist postings and so forth and sell oh it to God. employers. So if you mm -hmm. have an underage drinking photo at 17, mm -hmm. they can still find it when you interview at 24, even if you've since made your Facebook page private. Oh, my God. Charles, what do you think about that? I mean, I, I think the professor is, is right on. Um, it, this is happening. Um, employers um, have always been savvy with their screening tools for applicants. And uh, with the advent of social media, of course, it's not something that's that's new today. It's been around for a while, but um, only a fool would think that they're not using this tool as one of their information sources in screening applicants for employment. Um, you, you know, it's it's just as an employment lawyer, what I always tell my clients is. Um, remember, in in almost every jurisdiction, um, the, the default. Um, rule is at-will employment, and that means an employer can um, uh, hire you, fire you, um, not hire you uh, for almost any reason under the sun. It doesn't even have to have a reason. It can be a crazy reason as long as it's not an illegal reason. So it's a, it's a very, very, very um, you know, broad amount of discretion that employers have. And so you know, when an employer is out there uh, looking around for s social media posts and other things that um, applicants for employment have sent out in cyberspace and that are available to the public, um, or even or even available to the employer um, through some other means that the public might not not 
otherwise have access to. Uh, you know, if they see something that just doesn't doesn't uh, sit well with them, um, it could be the empo- the applicant or the employee in the case that the professor described that's holding a glass of beer. You know, they're allowed to act on that, and you know, I, I always warn my clients: you need to be very, very, very careful. You don't want to give your your employer reasons to take adverse actions against you. Um, and that's still, I think, something that um, uh, younger people and people who use social media a lot um, are are um, coming to grips with. You know, they. I think a lot of the people who use social media regularly um, use it because it's a social tool, and they feel uh, a certain amount of freedom in what they can express and what they can what they can share with others. But they need to remember that that. Um, uh, there's a broader audience than than those with whom they are immediately sharing their content. And, uh, Absolutely. When, yeah, when that broader audience includes an employer or a prospective employer, um, social media posts can have consequences that uh, are not good. And so I think uh, people need to be very careful about what they put out there. Absolutely. Uh, Courtney, what's your take on this? Well, I think one of the biggest problems with leveraging social media to make a hiring or firing decision is the lack of conversation around it. Um, like the professor mentioned, when somebody posts something on social media, uh, you need to talk about what it was and the context that it was posted in. Just because the teacher in Atlanta held up a picture of a beer on her you know, trip to Germany, um, which is, you know, pretty much the beer capital of the world. Um, you know, why is that necessarily a bad thing? Uh, she's over age. She only friended people that she was considered friends with um, at her workspace. She didn't have students that were friends of hers. So in that situation, a conversation should have been had whether or not to hire or fire her. Um, and I think that that's probably the biggest hurdle that social media presents. I think it's a great tool for research. Um, it's a great asset for any company to be able to kind of get the personality of the person that they're planning to hire um, by looking at Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, I also think that these platforms allow for certain security settings so that as an individual, I have the right to share the information I feel appropriate to the community that I want to share it with. Um, so if I open that up to everybody, then, you know, I'm letting that potential employer into my, my world. I'm letting them see the information that I want to share with everybody. So I think that in terms of problems with leveraging it, it can't just be a jump to conclusion situation. You need to be able to look at the context in which the statement or the photo or the video uh, was made and then make your decision on whether or not you want to move forward with this candidate. But when there Goodness. are tons of people applying for the same yeah. job, isn't it easy to just, like, knock out those who... For some reason, I, I, you know, one of my concerns is yeah. this is used disproportionately against women. So a lot of employers say they don't hire someone if she's if a, the person is dressed provocatively mm-hmm. on their Facebook page. About 30% of employers in one study said that. Mm-hmm. And yet, men, you know, wearing a suit or even in a speedo swimsuit, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. aren't thought of as dressed provocatively. Mm-hmm. It's used to hire to not hire women who have a low cut. You know, gown on in a in a wedding reception photo, and you mentioned that um, people can choose their privacy settings. But in most states, it's legal for your potential employer to ask for your social network password. Mm-hmm. You're in Illinois, oh we, we yeah. you know 
passed a bill against that. So even if mm-hmm. I've tried to keep it um, secret in some way, uh, employers in many cases can ask. And some of my concerns are that in the overall legal picture, we forbid employers from getting certain re- mm-hmm. information about people that's unrelated to my job. They can't know whether I go to a synagogue or a mosque or a church. Uh, employers can't ask me certain health questions. Mm-hmm. And yet on my Facebook page, I may like the American Heart Association. Yeah. So an employer might say, you know, in fact, 40% of people like certain health organizations on Facebook, so a lot of people are affected. And, and an employer may say, well, I'm worried about insurance. I'm not going to hire her because it might mean she has a heart disease. I mean, it all, might also mean I just think they're a good entity or I like their, you know, the run they do or whatever. So yeah. I mean, that's that, one that, of the concerns with right. the social I mean, network changes. Can we cut, we're going to have to halt that thought. We've got to take a quick, uh, quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gay Mom Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles. We'll be right back. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. How can we Americans realize our dreams to earn a living? How can you pursue your dream and make money as an owner or an employee? Learn how at The American Business Person, the online weekly radio talk show hosted by Rich Killian. Today's business leaders share how to succeed and what fails. If you own a new or established business or ever hope to, you must tune in. Join us every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Central, and noon Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel or listen on demand to our archived shows. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. 
Hi, we're back. This is Gabe on Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles, and we're going to continue our discussion on social media and employment with our guests, Professor Laurie Andrews, Charles Lamberton, and Courtney Hefferman uh, Mima. I want to ask you guys, uh, and we were talking about this on the break, do you think uh, YouTube as a social media has uh, can have some consequences for uh, potential employers or potential employees and our current employees? What's your take on that? We'll start off with... Uh, with Charles. What do you think about that, Charles? Well, the answer is yes, of course. Um, it's it's a, a, a form of social media, and it can convey content. It does convey content um, as much, uh, if not more so, than a lot of the other social media sites. I mean, it's, it's, it's unique purpose is to convey video content. And um, we all know that um, videos um, can be a lot more powerful in terms of the messages they communicate than, you know, the text of a Twitter post or something like that. But I want to go back really briefly to something that the um, uh, professor was was uh, touching on uh, before we uh, uh, broke. Um, uh, she was making the point that you know, the, uh, the when an employer, um, this is my term, goes fishing through um, an applicant's or even an existing employee's um, social media uh, content, uh, they are going to come across information uh, that the law does not want them to come across. Um, and they may see, and the professor, I mean, cited a couple of examples. They may see that the um, the employee uh, likes or is a member of the um, American Cancer Society, um, or the Diabetic Association, or something like that, or something else that the law says. You know what, employers, um, you're not supposed to be taking these kinds of things into into account when you're making hiring decisions or you're making firing decisions. Um, but they're going to see that, and they are uh, they're uh, I don't want to say likely, but it's certainly possible that they're going to act on that kind of information. So if you have a medical situation, someone who's a cancer survivor, and they say that they're a friend or a, a fan of the American uh, of the American Cancer Society. Um, an employer could very easily act on the basis of what the ADA doesn't like, which is myths, fears, and stereotypes about someone who is a friend of the American Cancer Society and potentially a cancer survivor and what their health situations can be like in the future. Now, that, that's absolutely illegal, but the question is how do you, how do you smoke it out? How do, you, how do you find out that the employer acted on that reason in, in making its employment decision, and, and how do you do something about it? And practically the answer is it's very, I mean, employment cases are already tough, but when you're talking about an employer who comes across um, one piece of information um, that is actually protected under the anti-discrimination laws, going through your social media content and acts on it, it's, it's, it's virtually impossible to smoke that out um, and to do something about it. So, you know, you've got to be very careful in, in even though you're, you're your purposes may be completely innocuous. Um, you may have good reasons for um, being associated with the Americans Cancer Society, but you know you, you, you don't want to give employers um, uh, uh, information that will channel stereotypes that they can they can use against you in making employment decisions, and uh, you know that that's sort of a separate thing from you know the bad judgment content that we see a lot on social media posts 
uh, where employees say disparaging things about their employers or post photos that are um, um, inappropriate. And uh, I think that's another thing that that uh, applicants uh, need to be thinking about before they they post to their social media sites. Awesome, Courtney. What's your take on that? Well, it's funny because there are two things that the professor mentioned that I wanted to <laughs> that I wanted to chime in on, and, and Charles already started on one, um, which is you know taking into account what's on those social media profiles. Um, in order to even get to the point where an employer is looking at your social media profile, they're already sorting through many, many applications, many resumes, and they're already basing their judgment on whether or not to move forward with the interview process on that piece of paper, on your resume, whether it's, you know, a digital resume where you're linking out to your LinkedIn page or just the paper or a cover photo. They're looking at how you presented yourself, if there were any typos, things, you know, of that nature, where you worked in the past, et cetera. So they're already basing their decision to move forward on on what is traditionally accepted form of application, your resume and your cover letter. So after they do that is when they get to the point of, okay, well, now we've got these five people and we want to look at their social media profiles to see if we can get a taste of their personality and make sure that they align with our company goals. I think it's incredibly scary that, that companies can ask for my personal profile login information for Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or any of those. I agree that that's an asinine request and that it, it's unfair to an individual's personal privacy rights. However, I can understand and I see that it's okay for, for agencies or employers to look at public profile information. Um, so I've already narrowed it down to these five people. I want to check them out online and see if it is worthwhile to then go to the next step of, hey, come on in for an in-person interview. Because no matter what, the in-person is really where you're going to get a feel for that, that potential employee. Um, but you know, the, the social profiles allow you just a further insight to it before that point, before you have them in, you're like, oh, what was I thinking, just based off of that resume. So I completely agree that, it's, that it is a, a tool that can be used for, you know, good and bad, um, but I would hope, and I know it's naive of me to hope, but I would hope that employers are using it for the positive. What, what can we get out of this employee? What are they offering that we might not get from either the paper resume or the in-person interview? What's a little insight we can get on them? That's a really interesting. Go ahead, Doc. Go ahead, uh, Professor Andrews. Go ahead. Yeah, just call me Lori. But um, the, one of the problems, though, is you don't really have control over what goes even on your public page. I could get um, tagged in a photo. The people from my law school class put up old photos of Halloween parties I was at, right. you know, a gazillion <laughs> years ago, you know, so right. you don't have control. Well, and, and Facebook keeps changing the rules initially. They do keep changing the rules, but in terms of security, you can block it so that nobody can tag you unless you approve the tag. Yeah, you can also put it so that nobody can tag you, period. Yeah, but what, you know, initially they said nobody outside of the few people you designate as friends would ever, ever get your information. And every time it's made That's more true. financial sense to Facebook to open it up. So you yeah. end up having, like, one 50-year-old teacher who signed it, you know, got Facebook when it was promising only her 12 friends would be able to see what she posted. Unbeknownst to her, they changed their rules, and when she mm -hmm. called, when she kept getting strep infections from her young students she was teaching and called them a germ, germ bags mm -hmm. on her Facebook page, oh, thinking my. she's talking to her 12 friends, she got fired. But I can totally understand a 
50-some-year-old, you know, getting into this with one presumption and not realizing. Well, I, I think to your point, that's, that's part of the bad that comes with it because, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough that I know the ins and outs of it. I can make my profile so that you can't find me if you're searching for me. But that's also because this is my life. This is my livelihood. Um, to your point, the 50-year-old <laughs> teacher, she might not know that. So that's where I think, you know, it is, it's the good with the bad. But, and I hate to go to this extreme, but the, the extreme is just don't go on. Don't create the profile. But there's so many benefits. I mean, first of I all, that's oh, how families agree. stay in touch these days. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, one of my concerns is things are taken out of context. Even if I, on my public page, said something, um, you know, beneficial, I intended this conference on XYZ, mm-hmm. uh, it could be, you know, improperly used. Or a church activity, someone who uh, has an illegitimately bad feeling about a member of another religion may take issue mm-hmm. with that and not hire mm-hmm. me. In fin- it, yeah, it can be in, misconstrued. Yeah, and so in Finland, um, they actually adopted a law be- saying you can't Google potential employees because what had happened was this guy had been you know, provisionally offered a job and then mm-hmm. the employer Googled him and saw that he'd gone to a mental health conference. So they took away the job offer thinking he had a mental health problem. Well, that's like, bad enough, but he had gone as a patient representative. So, you know, doing my job, going to a legal conference having to do with a, an illness or a patient's rights or something like that seems perfectly legitimate to have even on my public page, but it still could be used against me. And we were, we were talking about videos it's amazing now the things courts are having to do based on videos on yep. on social network pages. In a divorce case, um, the judge ha- was trying to decide whether the ex-husband should even be able to see his kids because the ex-husband had liked a violent video where Ronald McDonald shoots the Burger King in the face. <laughs> wow. Oh, my. It was something that millions of people liked. Mm-hmm. You know, so if if people can't get you know, jobs or lose their kids over something that really has nothing to do with their ability to, you know, get a job done or be a good parent. Let me get in here real quick. And Charles, I'll let you answer this. Mm -hmm. We've all been exposed to the Trayvon Martin case. And one of the things that really was one of the impetus for me to do this show was he may have not been the way he was portrayed in his pictures on his Facebook page, but... Mm -hmm. The defense was able to build a character about him in the court, in the uh, case. And I wanted to ask you, is that common? People are not cognizant of their digital, their digital reputation or their digital profile as well as their personal profile? What do you think about that, Charles? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that, um, uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, the answer is yes, it is common. Um, you know, if someone were to go out and do a lot of digging um, on, you know, my Facebook posts or mm-hmm. things that I've put on my, uh, you know, uh, law firm blog, um, they could find enough information to uh, not only paint me as a left-wing radical, but maybe even a revolutionary. Now, I'm not that. But, you know, based on, you know, selective, cherry-picked information that I've put out there in cyberspace, one could make that argument. And, um, you know, I think it, it, it's... it's um, it is something that uh, creates risks uh, anytime uh, someone, um, like you said, creates a cyber self 
that is separate and distinct from the real person. It's based on limited information, but it's usually information that is um, that originates with the the person that's posted the content, um, and that can be characterized in in and presented in a lot of different ways that are not consistent with who the person is. Hey, Charles, um, and, hold that thought. We need to take a really sure, quick break. Sure. Uh, this is Game on Business Talk. We'll be right back. We'll pick up right where uh, we left off with Charles. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. and Jenny Frumer airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line in business talk, Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to Game On Business Talk Radio with Dr. D. Anthony Miles. If you have a question or comment on today's program for Dr. Miles or his guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to GameOnTalkRadio at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, we're back. This is Game On Business Talk with DeAnthony Miles. We're continuing our discussion on social media and employment with our guests up. Professor Laurie Andrews, Charles Lamberton, and Courtney Hefferman Mimo. And we left off with uh, Charles. You're making your point. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying that, you know, what we put out there in cyberspace um, is, is subject to um, interpretation uh, by others who read and view uh, what we post. Um, and then a distortion. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it can be used for purposes that are not consistent with the purpose for which we posted the information in the first place. And that's why management is, is so important um, in, in, uh, in the approach to social media. Uh, there are so many um, uh, risks that are attendant to its use. Um, and to, in today's economy, they're big risks. Uh, you know, for employees, applicants for employment, um, the the employment rate is unemployment rate is still much higher than what it should be. Um, college kids uh, are coming out of school with a lot of debt in a very very competitive job market, and um, they just don't want to be uh, enabling employers to make. Uh, 
sort of, you know, arbitrary decisions or sometimes not arbitrary decisions based on what they've put out there on their Facebook page or in Twitter or whatever the case may be, uh, it's hard enough to get a job um, without, without that being a disadvantage for you. It's hard enough to keep a job without that being a disadvantage for you. So, you know, I, I, when I have these conversations um, with uh, clients who are either applying for jobs or, or existing employees and they're wondering what the rights are vis-a-vis, can my employer monitor my, my Facebook page? Do they have a right to ask for my, you know, uh, uh, login information for Twitter and so on? You know, we, we talk about these things and uh, we you know, generally come to the conclusion that, you know, the, the best rule is to manage this um, uh, preventively so that uh, we don't create opportunities for the employer to take action against us. Absolutely. Uh, go ahead, Courtney. You got a take on this? Well, I mean, I, yeah, what we were talking about over the break was just that, you know, there there is such a thing as, you know, cyberbullying and, and social media bullying that is out there. And even, you know, things as far as people making fake accounts so that they can go ahead and slander somebody, an individual or a company, um, and put false information out there just to make sure that they're damaging your reputation. So, um, you know, as I mentioned, that is a big part of my job on my client's behalf is to make sure that, you know, the people we're, we're engaging with, are, you know, true individuals and that what they're saying is, um, you know, correct and not misleading and to try and help steer the ship as much as possible, clearing out any, you know, untruths or, you know, misgivings about um, any of my clients. And it is definitely a, a, a big problem and something that I do worry about even with my niece and nephews to make sure that, you know, in the age that they're coming up that, they're smart about what they're putting out there, that they're smart about who they're friending on these social profiles um, and smart about the um, posts that they're doing themselves. So, you know, as Lori mentioned before, it's a fine line on how quickly and easily something can be, you know, distorted and changed from what you originally wanted it to be. A great example of that is even, you know, the memes that go up. So those pictures with the text over them, Mm -hmm. you know, success baby is one. It's a little baby with like a, a fist pump. And people just put, you know, crazy text over it that have nothing to do with the picture. But that's a great way of showing you've got an image of something and how people can take it and turn it to be something. Most of the time it's very, you know, funny and entertaining, but it's still not what it was originally meant to be. Goodness. I had a question. Um, and uh, I think uh, Professor Andrews and uh, Charles maybe can, this is probably more on the legal side. Uh, employer, employees having to... Um, write in things in terms of uh, when you get hired that they, they can use uh, social media information as a, uh, a, term, a, a termination a decision. Are they able to do that? Professor, do you want to Sure. Well, there are a number or... of things the, you know, in terms of what the employer can do. So it's common if um, you're a police officer, for example, mm-hmm. or uh, you're employer to say, we want to monitor your social network page. Mm-hmm. And in fact, one guy on a gang unit was fired because he went back to a family reunion. There was a picture of him with 300 other people, and there was an allegation that one, you know, like third cousin over was a gang member. So he lost oh his job God. in a gang unit. But, are you serious? Was, yeah, that was part of the contract going in. Now, there are some limitations on what employers can do. A couple of states have laws that say, you can't be fired for legal 
off-duty conduct. So if it's legal to drink at your age off-duty and you put a picture of that on your Facebook page, you know, you you're, you can't be fired for that. And there are some states that are um, where there are actions pending to see how far does that mean. Does that mean that mm-hmm. since it's legal to post things on Facebook, I can post a lot of bad-mouthing my employer things and that would still be considered um, legal. And then there are, uh, as, as Charles mentioned, the main thing is the at-will doctrine. You can be, you know, fired as long as it isn't a bit, you know, racially or sexually mm-hmm. discriminatory. Or it's like a like shield, or the at-will. Yeah, uh-huh. the at-will. But, you know, if you're putting things on your Facebook page that are negative about the, the workplace in order to stimulate some action to change it if you and other employees are working together in that way, Mm -hmm. then not only um, is a firing based on that improper, but it's Mm -hmm. improper. There have been a couple of cases that said that companies can't have so broad a no social network posting approach that they can't, you know, you can't say listen, we need to change things, we need to get a union here, and so forth. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. Um, so What's I, your take? I, I, this is a situation, um, do we still have time or do we need to break? Or? No, go ahead. Okay, go yeah, ahead. this is a, I mean, the, the, we're going to see the states um, uh, continue to look at this and struggle with uh, the decision on how much, and we talked about this the last time on, on credit reports, how much discretion um, do we want employers to have in uh, the kinds of uh, uh, the information that they can base employment decisions on? Um, and do we want to create mechanism, mechanisms in the law that, that require employers at least to uh, advise an employee when an adverse action has been based upon information, let's say, found in a Facebook page, and if so, what information? Um, you know, it's 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 an evolving area of the law in in that respect. We do know, however, um, that uh, something, and, and the professor alluded to this. Uh, there there are some things that an employer can expose itself to. Um, when it looks at an employee, employee's social media, and then if it takes an adverse action on the basis of that, it's breaking the law. Uh, so one example, uh, an, employer, uh, an employee who is um, uh, talking with a couple of friends through their Facebook about, uh, you know, gosh, we really we work hard here. I think the industry standard for the pay in our, uh, in our position is... $14 an hour, we're only getting paid $12 an hour. That seems really strange. Um, you know, we should try to do something about it. You know, that is concerted activity. It's protected under the National Labor Relations Act, and employers who take action on that basis, uh, adverse action against employees on that basis, are breaking the law. Um, the professor is also correct that employees not only have uh, the protection against the adverse action, um, they, they have the freedom to have those discussions. So an, an employer can't have a policy that uh, threatens retaliation for having a discussion like that or that is so broad in its prohibitions on, on, on what employees can talk about or what they can do vis-a-vis using social media that it cuts off discussions like that which are protected by the law. Other examples would be an employee... Uh, 
um, and you see this all the time. I mean, it's so well documented in the law that that one of the one of the least likely reactions to, let's say, sexual harassment in the work workplace is actually complaining to a supervisor or complaining to HR. And there are a lot of reasons why that that is um, is something that employees are not uh, uh, inclined to do. Um, but what they will do is talk about it. Um, with coworkers, they'll talk about it with friends and family. Um, and uh, when when an employee is is saying something like, you know, my boss, uh, he he gets so close to me when we have these office meetings, and he puts his hand on my knee, it makes me feel really uncomfortable. And uh, you know, I'm thinking about uh, speaking to HR about it. Uh, you know, that's 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 protected activity under Title Seven. And if an employer looks at that and says, oh, my God, this employee is going to file a charge of discrimination against us and fires that employee, they're breaking the law. So, you know, it's, employers are not without risk when they go trolling through um, social media information by their employees. Um, the problem always is catching it and then being able to uh, prove that the employer is lying when they deny that that was their reason for the adverse action. That has seemed so difficult to prove. Uh, Courtney, what, what's your take on the legal stuff here? Does that, does that scare you? Does it like it scares me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely scary how much social media can, can play influence in, uh, in legal matters and how they can sw- uh, sway a decision one way or the other, especially when it comes to hiring or firing. I think the, the, what concerns me about about not looking at the social media profiles or the digital presence of the individual um, is, you know, what happens when we then find out at a later date, but all this information was out there. How could you not know that this person was like this? You know, when you have mm-hmm. that other side of it where it's, you know, but the history's there. Why weren't you looking at that history? You could have prevented X, Y, or Z from happening mm-hmm. because you knew this person already did that. I think mm-hmm. that's where, you know, you get that double-edged sword, the same thing with hiring and firing, you know, weighing, weighing whether or not you want to talk to this person on their digital presence. It's, you know, in a way, are you saving yourself from legal ramification later, from, from putting yourself in a position where, you know, you're setting yourself up? You know, I, you know, I, I think, just, uh, real quick, I don't want to, uh, you know, take too much time here, but I think that fear is a little overblown because employers don't have a duty to, to um, you know, go go looking through social media information. I mean, there are common law duties pertaining to, like, the torts of, of negligent hiring and negligent supervision, but as far as I know, no court has held that uh, the failure, yet at least, um, no federal or state court has held that the failure to um, do uh, an investigation of social media content, uh, you know, supports uh, a tort action for negligent hiring. I mean, Professor, are you aware yeah. of any cases that have said that yet? You're, you're absolutely right. And so some of the union people say, hey, you know, it wasn't proper for my boss to follow me to the bar and listen to my conversations. I mean, uh, you know, an employer could find things out by, you know, tapping my home phone, too. Mm-hmm. But we don't let people do that. And so I guess since it's a new area and the norms haven't been established yet, it's perfectly reasonable to think that we should treat someone's home like their online home. Your boss can't, you know, their online home like their physical home, and their boss can't come in without an invitation. Mm-hmm. 
You know, this reminds me of the movie The Firm with Tom Cruise. <laughs> I swear. Um, how do you, how, I, I know my daughters are listening to the show. How, what do you tell these kids that are just putting these crazy pictures up there, this content using, you know, a lot of profanity? What, 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 what would you, what would be your advice to them? I'm going to let all three of you jump in on this. What would be your advice to them? Well, think about what you, you know, what you might want to do later in your life. <laughs> you know, most colleges now are looking at social network profiles, but there are things like when you brought up the issue earlier of, the, of criminal cases where it comes mm-hmm. in. Right now, um, in California, kids are being prosecuted for being gang members because they're mm-hmm. wearing gang colors on their social yeah. network page. Oh, my God. And it's crazy oh, wow. because I looked up LAPD's list of the Los Angeles mm-hmm. Police Department's list of gang colors, and there are things like plaid, I mean, think any hipster or all black, mm-hmm. think any art opening, and yet it's used against poor kids um, mm-hmm. when you have a Halloween costume. So I've seen as soon as some horrible thing happens and there are suspects, young suspects, uh, news reports uh, put social media profile pictures up. Mm-hmm. And in some cases where someone was a murder suspect in, in their teens and early 20s, and they had a photo of themselves in a devil costume for Halloween, it made them look so guilty. (laughs) So just be aware that, you know, whether you get a job, whether you get into college, what what your dealings are with the police can uh, be influenced by what you post. Mm -hmm. Charles, what do you think? What's your what's what's your advice? advice what's your kids? free advice to um, a client? <laughs> we'll say again. <laughs> what's your free advice to a client? <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, the original question was, I think, you know, what what would you tell kids? Um, you know, who are, you know, this is they were sort of born into a world in which social media was everywhere, and they're they're very, um, you know, it's kind of part of their lives, and and they use it every day. Yeah, I, I think that um, it's a steady uh, message uh, from the parents, from the school teachers, from everyone who has responsibility um, for the kids uh, that they need to think about how um, that next text message or that next Facebook post, does it help them in some way? Does it need to be sent? Um, because it, once it's out there, and, and you know, with kids, it's hard because their, you know, their judgment is not, you know, what it is at, at you know, the age of fourteen. It's going to be different from what their judgment is when they're, you know, twenty-eight. Um, and Absolutely. so it's difficult, and that, that's why it's a process, and, and why the responsibility for. For, for helping children, you know, belongs um, to so many different people with responsibility uh, who, who have um, or are there to provide guidance to children. You really got to educate them and, and, and talk to them about, you know, you, you may feel like a, a need to respond to this next te- text message or, or put something up on, on your Facebook, but remember, once it's there, it's there. And you might forget about it, Five years from now, ten years from now, um, it's still there, and it's just a question of where is it, 
how broadly has it been distributed, and you know, is it something that that you need to 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 communicate or that you need to post? Um, and and that is that's a that's a process that um, you know I hope more and more households, families, teachers, um, you know, start getting involved with because um, you know there are really a lot of ways that that social media, while it's gratifying, while it you know helps our boredom when we're standing around, you know, <laughs> waiting for a bus or something like that. There are a lot of ways it can hurt or come back to hurt. And um, uh, remembering that, I think, is, is really key to, uh, to managing um, the content that gets posted. Thank you. Courtney, what, what, you're our last sage of advice here. <laughs> what's, your, what, what, what's your recommendation? <laughs> Uh, I mean, what I what I say to my my niece now, and what my my individual rule of thumb is, is that I would never post or share anything that my grandmother wouldn't approve of, and that's always been Good you know one. my rating. So if I wouldn't want my grandmother or my parents or my niece and nephew to see what I am sharing, then it's not going up. And I think that's a it's a good rule to live by because, like both Lori and Charles said. Once it's there, it's there forever, even things like Snapchat. It's up for 10 seconds. All it takes is a screenshot, and it is there forever. And I think that that is something that parents and professors and teachers and counselors all need to, you know, instill in these kids. Don't fear it. You know, be smart about it. Educate yourself. Know it's always going to be there. And when you go out into the social world, be responsible about it. If it's something you wouldn't want your family to know or see about you, then don't put it out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I was going to ask what your professional opinions were of, uh, let's see, um, well, I guess you can post this anonymously. I believe it's a website called Glassdoor that you can't, and they talk about what people's salaries are. I'm sorry, I'm not enough. if I'm not saying it right. The glass ceiling or glass door or something like that. And they people anonymously post what the salary ranges are in a company. Now, that can be searched online. However, would you recommend people staying away from something like that as well? Go ahead. Man. Can you be more specific with the question? Are you talking about employers staying away from that, employees staying away from I'm that? I'm sorry. Just, I should clarify it better. It, should uh, peep employees stay away from a site similar to that? Because I believe as a, the site you can post what the salary is of the company, but you use a pseudonym so they can't identify yeah. you. Yeah. Would the, your recommendation, what would, be, oh. what would your recommendation be for that? Go ahead. Well, there are lots of um, there are lots of things. First of all, you're pointing out the fact that social media can also be used as a way to organize, mm -hmm. as a way to, you know, mm -hmm. if if 20 of us have had a bad experience with a pharmaceutical product, if yeah. 30 of us are having a, you know, Absolutely. bad time with this company, you can get, um, you know, data out there. Um, there are some issues around whether things are anonymous or not, whether mm -hmm. you are using your a device like a phone or a laptop provided by your employer, mm -hmm. you know, in which case there are certain rights of the employer to monitor what you're doing, even if I've set up a fake uh, Yahoo account in order to post it. So mm -hmm. um, anonymity is a tough thing to, um, you know, to, to really uh, prove. Ba back to your uh, kid's point, though, um, 
in, in, in Europe, they're considering a right to the lead, and Senator Ed Markey in the U.S. is very interested in protecting uh, children, uh, you know, not having them tracked on the Internet by mm-hmm. marketers, not having data aggregators collect information about them. But he's also talked about perhaps having a delete button where when you turn 18, all this stuff you've done before can disappear. So that's something mm-hmm. to consider. And people are even arranging technologies beyond Snapchat that have sort of an expiration date where your picture or other you know, digital footprint goes away after a certain amount of time. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, privacy may, in fact, become more important with every technology mm-hmm. from back in the portable camera days 125 years ago. Uh, people <laughs> wrote, privacy is lost, privacy is dead, but then somehow courts and legislatures came in and started protecting it. And in my book, I talk about the need for a social network constitution. So mm-hmm. our privacy rights and our is getting to that point. On time. Yeah, <laughs> it's getting to that point. Uh, somebody, I remember you can take your photos to Photomat, and now you can't even do that. Somebody's look, you know, cherry picking photos that you took with your significant other, and that's even danger within itself. But uh, I'm going to tell you this, the three of you, the three experts that are here today, you guys have totally scared me on social media. <laughs> I I am so hyper-conscious about everything I put on my uh, mm-hmm. Facebook and whatever, but I want to thank you for being on the show today. This is a really, really great show. I want to thank our guests, Professor Laurie Andrews, Charles Lamberton, and Courtney Hare from Amimo. I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I got a great quote for this show. You'll probably agree with it. Confiding a secret to an untrustworthy person is like carrying a bag of grain to the market with a hole in the bottom. African proverb. (laughs) Well, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Thank you so much for being on Game on Business Talk. I'm DeAnthony Miles, and we will see you next week. Take care. Thank you again for listening to Game On Business Talk Radio. Please join your host, Dr. D. Anthony Miles, again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll engage in more unique and exciting discussion topics then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.